a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Hey, Al. What's up, babe? It's... Oh, it's... It's so it's so hot. Are you are you over are you overheated at all? Are you are you? I mean, so, I so mean, hot in here. That's because probably I'm here. When you're this good looking, you get used to I the mean, heat. You're not wrong, but like even hotter than usual. Like I feel like I I didn't even need to like plug in the coffee maker this morning go, to make coffee. Go crack a window or something. I can't. There's just a boiling lake. It's it's everywhere. It's it's so hot. Oh no, is this like the, uh, it sounds like an episode of the Twilight Zone. This is, listen, I'm, I'm getting us in media res here. I'm taking us into the trenches. I'm just, I'm immersing us in the world of Avatar. So I found a prison with all the exact scenarios that we're going to be dealing with today. And we're there. I took you there while you slept. Don't be mad. It's great. It's, it's research. Oh my God. Why are we on this giant boiling rock? Well... We might have to watch the episode to actually figure out if we there's a way for us to escape. Uh, well, that being said, I'm Alex. And I'm Zach. And this is My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. Well, live coming from you live from this from wonderful, the boiling rock, but very uh, very spicy episode and definitely hot, both figuratively and literally of an yeah. episode today. We're joined very specially by our awesome guest, and I promise I'm not going to try and fangirl too hard. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Hey, y'all! It is so hard to breathe in here. The steam. From the lake. It's I know. just. I know. I'm so sweating. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> I don't so know sweating. if it's the weather or all of the Zuka like cannon yeah, right? that's gonna unfold before the, us the today. Tension. It's like the the it's it's the air's thick from the steam, but it's also just thick from the tension. The, the tension, tension, I know. Like yeah. the announcement for the Avatar movie and Oh that too, yeah. Like the shoulder touch. Like Sokka mm-hmm. and Zuko. Oh my god! Oh, the cannon shoulder touch, y'all. My, my pits are sweating. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they are throwing it on the promo materials. If that ain't a thirst trap, then I don't know what. Come is. on, man. Come on, man. Is it? This is like how like toxic sort of like super heteronormative masculinity is. Is that like? we see two men like holding hands or being at all affectionate. And we're just like, they must be gay. Cause there's no way that the two straight men would like interact in that way. Apparently. And uh, I forgot where I heard this, but over, I think it's um was like on a, on a YouTube channel. Honestly, it might've been like an interview with an internet historian and one of his friends, but like over in Thailand or like some other He's like, it's okay. Like, you know, people openly go, like, men will walk down the street holding hands together, 
totally open, but it's just platonic. Like, because if right. you came out well, as gay, like, that would be very, very, very bad. But Yeah, like, I think these societies are not friendly towards gay people, unfortunately. But uh, for some reason, men are welcome and open to display, like, physical affection towards each other. So, you know, it's... We it's, just need the best of both worlds here. It's almost as if all gender expression and identities are in of themselves uh, social constructs. If yeah. I want to kiss my friend on the lips and a cuddle, I should be able to do so. Exactly. <laughs> with, with, with Alex's permission, of course. I'm step on any toes, you know. Exactly. Well, <laughs> so, uh, Jamie, thanks again for joining us today. And there's going to be so much stuff that we can get into, including this movie announcement. But why don't you go ahead? Um, and for the listeners who... If by this point don't know who you are and are regular listeners to the show, then I I don't know uh, what we what, like. You've listened clearly to the wrong episodes, but for those who don't <laughs> know you, can you please introduce yourself and tell us about yourself and uh, what got you into Avatar? Yeah. So first of all, thanks for asking me to come on with you guys. Like I'm such a big fan girl of you and so to be asked to just have fun with you this morning it's like i've been screaming about it ever since you asked um that warms my heart (laughs) (laughs) anyone's that excited to talk to us content creators gotta support other content creators heck yes Mm. um so as alex said i'm jamie um i'm over on instagram i think as jamie draws and Twitter is Jamie Sketches. I do always have to check what my Twitter handle and my IG handle is for some reason. Um, but <laughs> it's okay because Twitter's going down in flames, so yes, probably only have one pretty soon. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, gosh, my story with Avatar, um, like so many others, um, you know, I got back into drawing during the pandemic, and. I didn't watch Avatar as a kid, um, but I had seen all this fan art and uh, just these this beautiful art about the story. And I just was really curious to see like how this art came from like a kid show on Nickelodeon. So then I ended up watching the whole series in summer of 2020 and there was just something about it. And, you know, it's the pandemic. Everyone's isolated. Everybody's um, you know, it's, it's, it's lonely. Everyone's sheltered in place. And to watch sure. the story about like a found family and, you know, friends and being together, like it just, I was bawling after the finale yeah. and it just like touched my heart in a way that I, I don't know, didn't realize was possible or even capable of doing at that time. And it just like, I don't know, for me, like, the whole series yeah it's like this whole series means like healing and hope and love um so like that's that's my story into the whole avatar world honestly one of the most wholesome stories i've heard and it's interesting to hear every person's different story because a lot of people like oh i'm sure you've heard it before i watched it as a kid and it was sporadic and you had to be there to sit see it through reruns (laughs) or else you were done and then we re like watched it again when 2020 and the pandemic so that's really cool that you were experiencing it all for the first time and had a really raw perspective. That's great. I'm I'm jealous. I feel like it, when we experienced it as kids, it was exciting to like go week to week, right? Like, oh, what's going to happen this week? But I feel like I don't, as a child, have any memory of like a certain time of the week where Avatar, like the new episode came out. 
So it's not like I was like waiting by my TV to watch it. I would always just catch it on just reruns and I'd be like, oh, I wonder where in the show this is. I think every once in a while, Disney or not Disney, Nickelodeon would have like a like six hour, like all afternoon Avatar marathon. And I'd be like, cool, I can watch a bunch of episodes uninterrupted. But yeah, it was a crapshoot as a kid trying to like watch it in order. Uh, Well, I honestly I'm in between because I and I would say that I'm more I'm more lean towards uh, you, Jamie, because I had watched some of it growing as a kid. I definitely remembered it. I enjoyed it as a show, but it wasn't until later in life and honestly through the pandemic that I finally watched the whole series like front to the back. Um, and now we've watched it several times through at this point. But yeah, it's a fun ride. So tell us, you mentioned some fan art. Uh, t- why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so I first started drawing digitally. I've drawn traditionally since I was a kid. I stopped in college because like you're supposed to be an adult and then like not draw and not, you know, do all the fun stuff that you're supposed to do. But I I love the pandemic because it like got me back to, you know, that Mm. um, I guess the creativity that I had lost um, in my early 20s. And so I read this webcomic um, called Lore Olympus, and I was just like uh, fascinated by the style. <laughs> it's incredible. The style of that, I, I, I'm so I have so much respect for how Smythe will just, just I'm just gonna draw Persephone differently this frame, and no one's gonna give me shit for it. And she just is free to do so, and it's so it's so powerful. Just never knowing what the next frame is gonna look like is exciting. Yeah, it's awesome, and just the way like the panels. Can, you know, when you're scrolling through, it's like, I've never seen anything like it with um, web comics. So I have such a, and I'm sure you and I will get into this throughout because I'm an artist as well, but I am so rigidly attached to like lines. I feel like I couldn't even draw like Rachel Smythe if I wanted to. Like she has such a free spirited nature with lines. It's almost like she draws the shapes out of like color and then she adds lines where she wants to. Yeah. It's so incredible. And like, she's a big part of what my style is now um, because I can't commit to lines. <laughs> I don't know if that says anything <laughs> about my personality um, that I always want to color outside of it. So yeah, she's incredible. Mm. And I, I first started drawing um, Laura Olympus fan art and then I, started watching Avatar and started kind of walking, you know, the line into drawing Avatar um, and then just really fell in love with this art that I would see of Sokka and Zuko. And I like, it blew my mind because I was like, what? Be still my, my heart. (laughs) Um, And I was, and I saw the art before I watched the show. So I was like, you know, and, and I'm, you know, you guys have seen the art out there where it's like a very, uh, you know, uh, Fire Lord Zuko looking very regal. And then his mm-hmm. like, you know, general, like husband, boyfriend standing next to him. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh. <Wow. laughs> um, and so I just like fell down this rabbit hole of like fan art, fan fiction of those two. I felt saw this whole like fandom exist like a hashtag Zuka and yes. I was like I need to be in that <laughs> um, it's a, it's, so it's, here we it, are 
it envelops um, a, a, a term that apparently Delia coined herself, uh, Snacka. Yes, a friend of ours uh, from Snacka a few and, episodes and ago. Black Black Nerds Create, one of their creators and uh, CFO, Delia, was on a few episodes ago and was also a huge uh, Zuka fan. Her primary ship is Zutara. But, Zutara, yeah. yeah. Zutara, but, you know, there's there's room on this show. We love hearing everyone has their own ships. And obviously Zuka is, I think, central to not just kind of like our story as a podcast, but obviously also ours as, as creators. And that's how Jamie, like, I we got... You uh, connected through Twitter, and I saw like these beautiful art being done. I was like part of that renaissance. Yeah, Alex got, Alex got pretty obsessed. She'd like bring Twitter over to me and be like, "Look, Jamie made another drawing." Oh I God. just, I hope, I hope there's like a, someone needs to capture this renaissance on like whether it's a YouTube or something. One day there will be of like I think a case study done on the Avatar as a second renaissance, like a franchise that you know, had it had been well over a decade, maybe even closer to 15 years since the original show aired, came out and then sparked this whole new generation falling in love with the show, the previous generations that grew up with it, falling back in love with it. And now we're getting a whole studio uh, and content for years to come. And part of that was also Zuka because, you know, this whole sect of like, I feel like, you know, Gen Z slash millennial, specifically uh, women and like, you know, non-binary people and just like anyone that like gravitated it towards like the Zuka like fanship. That was like, there was Zuka fan art. It was like, it's now one of the most like, it is, I was looking on fanfic.net or something and like Zuka fan fiction was like the one of the most popular fanfics, not just like for Avatar, but on the website, like this, like during the pandemic, like during those few months when the show first came back on, on Netflix. So Zuka was definitely, and that ship specifically was something new that came out of this avatar renaissance. And so it connected, you know, I was looking on the internet. I couldn't get enough of it. We came across Jamie. Like I loved, you know, your art. And then we like everything from there, from more Olympus to more is- like. Yeah, I mean, you might have said this already, babe, but your art is what led Alex to Laura Olympus. Yeah, absolutely. That was my my gateway drug. She saw your art and she was like, <laughs> "What is this based on?" Yeah, and so here we are, and Zuka is like the the ship of the pod, and what has like definitely been my favorite aside or like part of like the things that the fans create. Uh, it has been all of the Zuka stuff. So I just love hearing that because it's you know like. Like you said, it's it's opened up so many possibilities or just like, you know, avenues for um, people who normally wouldn't get a ship like that, um, you know, in Main Street, like like Avatar is an American show. Right. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know about this world of like Don Mei in like, you know, the Chinese boy love, um, you know, world that like Zuka opened the door for me from. But like in America, we're not, you know, outside of like anything that is straight, you know, like, like, um, 
very explicitly like here's your gay couple right or here's like you know here's your same-sex couple over here like like we were never exposed to anything mainstream like this is especially with a show like avatar that's like super mainstream and so for zuka to come and like the the appetite for it right like was so apparent and it's just like awesome to like give people the space to be like you know here are these two characters and you know however you perceive them or like daydream about them it's all you know how however you want to do like one of my like i've been doing Uh, however you however you gay dream about them every yes however you gay dream (laughs) about them um one of my like i don't know i've been doing this for almost three years in terms of like digital art and sharing on instagram and like the most one of the most amazing moments was when Nickelodeon they would do fan art Fridays um Avatar would back in like I think yeah 21 the summer of 21 when it like the resurgence just like you know came through Netflix like got the series and everybody blew up exactly and they shared one of my Zuka pieces no way and it was like it was amazing to me because it wasn't about the you know, social media team recognizing my art. It wasn't that at all. It was the fact that they recognize Zuka as a ship. ship. And they like, they shared it. They asked me if it's okay to share it. Um, Wow. That's awesome. I'm saying, you know, I saved the messages from um, Avatar Studios because I just thought it was like just a cool moment where they recognized we see you, you know, like I, I, so I felt seen the Zuka fandom felt seen. It was just, it was an awesome moment. Jamie. But, yeah. That's an awesome story. But from a, from a like art recognition perspective too, it is easy to, when you're like putting out work all the time on Instagram and stuff, it is easy to fall into this sort of pit where you feel like you're just posting your photos to an empty brick wall and no one's seeing them. Uh, and so getting recognition like that is like so big and so important and so like validating, you know, that this all this time I'm spending perfecting this craft is not just like, you know, me twiddling my thumbs and killing time. It's like a real thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That feeling scene um, is that that's amazing. And so, yeah, I'm very I didn't, I didn't even know that whole story about Avatar Studios. So perfect. And, and thank you for sharing that. And I'll put a bow on it by saying, I think, uh, ja- I know Jack DeSena is on the record for sh- like standing the, the Zuka ship. Um, maybe not stand, but definitely was like, yeah, I'd ship that. Like recognize it. May have even worn like a Zuka shirt at one point. So we're actually getting to meet Dante Bosco. I'm Dante Bosco and you're listening to. My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast. By the time this episode airs, it will be, I hope, I'm hoping that's this Friday. Uh, we are in a week, less than a week, meeting Dante Bosco at uh, a comp, like, close to where we live here on the East Coast. And we're just like, oh my God, we can, we're not ready for this. What do we do? <laughs> oh my God, as- I would, I would. What? implode like I would not know what to do with myself because I my first crush as a kid was Rufio from Hook yes me too and so current crush as an adult is like you know adult Zuko I have to like make that distinction where it's like adult Zuko and not like the 17 year old Zuko (laughs) but yeah it's just like oh you guys are so lucky oh my god 
I was gonna say earlier from a fan fiction perspective, like sometimes when you do like really weird out there ships, you're like, hmm, how do I have to engineer the plot points to get these two characters like together? But I feel like with Zuka, it like writes itself. It's really easy to to do that. Even like Zuko shows up on the first day and Sokka's just like, oh my God, I, we didn't know you were coming. So there's no extra bedrooms, but you can I know. <laughs> share mine. You know, I, I like to, I like to spoon a little at night. I hope that's not a problem. It sometimes happens in my sleep. I'm really sorry about it. And Zuko's like, that's fine. I guess blush. Yeah. And there's some, <laughs> good, I took, I took some notes from the episode, which I have to say, like, if I could make a living and like do this full time where it's like I wake up and the first thing I do is like watch an episode of Avatar and write notes about it like (laughs) but it's so cool to like be able to watch an episode and and take notes on it or you know even like mental notes right where because you're watching it from a different lens than you know Mm -hmm. as a casual observer and then you're like right you know absolutely they did that or that's interesting that they chose that dialogue at that moment you know and then you immediately have a outlet to go and talk and nerd out about it with like you know some other fellow avatar nerds so you're in good company and that's a perfect transition because speaking of it yeah this is the mother of all marins let's get into this episode we are able to finally talk (laughs) about the episode that my existence has been hinging upon since we started this podcast. We are finally here, folks. We went through the Alpha Drought. We got through Zuko's fa- or through Zuko's character arc. He finally picked yeah, a we, lane. Yeah, he picked a lane. It is all We're culminated. There. We are now here. This is book three, chapter 14, The Boiling Rock, part one! <laughs> Snap, 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 snap. Previously on Avatar. Sokka's your name, right? My favorite prisoner used to mention you all the time. Hello, Zuko here. Where is Zuko? We won't be apart for too long this time. I promise. Oh my god, here it is. The moment, at least, I have been waiting for for way too long, and I know several listeners have been too. So, welcome to Jen Jamie. Um, for those, if, if at this point you don't know what episode this is, then if you don't know who Amy Lee is, then get the, get the fuck, fuck out, out of here. here. But I, I will, I will skip ahead and say that if you're all excited to watch this episode based on how we're talking about it, they don't make out. I'm sorry. They, it doesn't happen. I, hey, I'm going to spoil it. It's like Caesar two of Bridgerton. We just, we don't need the cannon kiss or the handhold. I'm not saying they don't make out. Like there's a there's a good bit of of travel time on the airship that we don't see. Maybe they got bored. Who knows? I don't. I'm just. There's between the longing glances and the one liners we get through this episode. There is plenty of reading between the lines. Yeah. So, so do you want to read a synopsis, babe, and then we'll get into it? Absolutely. Um. So this is a two part episode which technically i think aired as one long 45 minute but uh yeah, it was like a special hour-long special here we have uh part one which is seeking to redeem himself for his failure during the invasion Sokka learns from zuko about the boiling rock a top security fire nation prison the two infiltrate it in hopes of rescuing Sokka and katara's father hakoda after instead discovering suki is imprisoned there Sokka and zuko hatch a plan for the three of them to escape Chit Song, another prisoner, overhears the plan and joins their escape efforts. 
After they are nearing escape, a new batch of prisoners arrives. Sako, Zuko, and Suki decide to postpone escaping to save Dakota, one of the new prisoners. Chitsong and two others prisoners try to escape alone, but their plan is revealed. So, yeah, we end this episode surely and definitely on a cliffhanger. Uh, you know, Jamie, you took such beautiful notes, which you have showed us. So, uh, why don't you kick us off and share, uh, your first impressions and thoughts about the episode? Yeah. So I, watching us and like knowing we were going to talk about it, the, one of the themes that struck out for me, you know, besides like the bromance and camaraderie and, you know, all that was like how awkward Zuko is. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I, and I don't know if it's like a theme throughout this whole arc. Maybe it is, you know, because he's like trying to make friends with people, right? It, the episode starts with him making tea and like messing up a joke from Iroh. Yeah. And it's oh so endearing. I... It's so cute. Well, I can't remember how it starts, but the punchline is leave me alone. I'm bushed. Well, it's funnier when Uncle tells it. Like, he's just trying his hardest, but it's, like, not landing. It's like a little baby turtle duck trying to learn how to swim. Watching a newcomer come into a group and botch a joke is, like, so relatable to me. I just, I feel for Zuko so much in this moment. He's like, man, this joke, when Iroh told this joke to his stuffy room full of white lotus folks, this killed. So I'm sure I'm gonna nail it. And then... He's like, I remember the punchline. I'm sure it's funny without the joke. But it's cute, though, because he does that, like, later in the episode where he's trying to give a pep talk to Sokka. Um, but it, I love that, like, when he's trying to connect with others or, like, find this, like, you know, morsel of humanity that he didn't have growing up with his dad. Like, he goes to Iroh. Like, I love that. Yeah. And I hey. wish. Hey, babe, I have a joke. What is it? Do, do you want to hear the joke? Absolutely. Well, I don't really remember the, how it starts, but the punchline is to get to the other side. Ha 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 ha! Thanks for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah, Iroh would have been much more convincing with with uh, Zuko. Some I I don't. I'm sure there are ten million ways that Iroh would save the situation. But what I love and what is a really good unspoken way of showing that Zuko has come so far is then Katara retorts, "Yeah, of course it was funnier. Like you know, he you like had like would have remembered the like the joke and." so and he is now the butt of the joke but instead of and everyone else laughs and instead of getting all angry and or huffing off or trying to like defend himself and get the last laugh like he just like smiles and keeps serving tea and just realizes like you know what it's just part of like being part of a group and if i'm the newcomer here i'm the squid so if i'm gonna be the butt of the jokes so be it yeah um, a a ribbing from one's friends, like a like a hot bath, may sting at first, but it will eventually feel nice. Was was that your attempt at a haiku? That was an Iro. I was trying to make an Iroism. Oh, it was a good Iroism. I was just trying to like. No, I instantly started counting syllables in my head, and I'm like, nope. I'm not sure if this is <laughs> supposed to be a five foot five. Somebody call Adel. Um, to judge it. Well, and speaking. 
and this the, the transition from this scene, we get our first Zuka moment, and my heart probably like oh yeah. skips to like several beats. Uh, we get a secret rendezvous between the two at night, and Zuka Zuko specifically says. Oh, I, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be zing Zuka the whole episode. Uh, Sokka goes and is, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I need to talk to you alone. So, And I just love how, like, there was no question. Zuko's like, okay. like Yeah, no, let's, let's do it. Let's go whisper in the dark together. Zuko's like, honestly, I've been waiting for this. My right, secret tryst. Um, and this is where Sokka is asking him, like, hey... Uh, if there was, like, a prison that was super high secret that the Sahir Nation kept all of their war prisoners in, where would that be? Uh, and Zuko actually has a moment of pause and doesn't want to tell Sokka at first. So, you know shit's going to be bad if he's someone who has gone through all of this trauma, seen, seen some shit, is immediately like, no, you do not want to know the answer to this question. So I'm not even going to entertain it. And I love how, like, the exchange there was, like, I can't tell you that. And you're like, wait, he, you know, there's almost this, like, pause where it's like, why isn't he going to tell him? Is he still loyal to the Fire Nation? And then the next Ooh. beat is him saying, if you know, you'll feel even worse. So it's like he's doing it to protect he's Sokka. Protecting you know? him. On another level, I think he's also, like, watching out for Sokka. He's like, if I tell you, not only will you feel worse but you will be even more compelled to like go and risk your life and like endanger the party. Yeah. Sure. We can say it's saving the party, but we know well, it's no, so of course. Zuka it, he cares about is protecting well-being. his man. Um, yeah, he's like, hey, boo, I don't want you to go and get yourself killed. But he knows so, that's what's going to happen. Because he, yeah, he's yeah. like, after the conversation, he's like, Asaka's like, well, I just wanted to know. And Zuko's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay. Sokka's like, listen, okay, it's just so steamy whenever the two of us are, like, in close proximity. Like, I feel like we just have to go to a place where there's steam everywhere, and then it will feel normal. Exactly. So let's let's just take the steaminess of this conversation and move it to a place that's just all steam all all day. Meanwhile, the rest of the party who are sleeping and are waiting for these two to have, like, their little side quest are just like, come on, we're taking a long rest. We're, like, getting our spells back up. Like, let's just, getting our hit points, let's just get back to it. Like, let's speed run through this conversation and and get on to the next day so we can continue on in our quest. Uh, Little meanwhile do they know uh, the side conversation turns into an entire, like, little mini, like, three shot, or a little mini two shot the... Uh, DM is going to have to create for just these uh, two characters. And I feel like Zuko has only just come to terms with like what honor truly means to him because for most of his life he thought it was like towing the line of the nation that he was born in and now he's realizing after spending so much time with Iroh that like no, I'm deciding for myself like what I, what my honor means to me, what that means to me. And so I feel like when Sokka says that line to him, when he says, like, I need to reclaim my honor, Zuko is instantly like, I will, I will die for this cause. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will come with you and I will risk my life so that you can, like, retain your honor because I know how much it means to, I know how much it means to me. I can't imagine how much it must mean to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, so I love that when Sokka's trying to sneak out on Momo, or not on Momo, um, on, <laughs> on Appa. On Appa. Um, Zuko's just like, hey. So it's like, how long was Zuko waiting for Sokka on Appa? Where he's just like, Zuko's just sitting hey. there. 
He Zuko had a had a rose in his mouth for like the first hour, but then he got bored and like took it out. And then when Sokka came, he was like, "God oh, dang it, I had the rose." <laughs> One thing, and I definitely want to get more info about this throughout the episode, um, but you mentioned earlier, Jamie, that Zuka and the whole Avatar thing and, like, this relationship that Zuko and Sokka have is, like, and this just friendship, like, healthy platonic friendship between two bros is a common element. Is it? Is it... Danmai, or how do you pronounce it again? I pronounce it Danmai. It's probably Dan wrong. <laughs> cool. Well, Dan well yeah. yeah, it was Danmai. Can you like talk a little bit more about kind of what are the elements of that and what are uh, like the core examples of this like quote unquote healthy or like a different version of a male relationship that you wouldn't normally see kind of like in Western representations? Yeah. And so like Danmai, it's... Um, it's Chinese boy love and like the even the the definition of danmei is like something like and sorry listeners if I'm gonna get this wrong please don't be mad at me um uh it's like something like beauty um so it's not even like talking about two dudes being together um because in China like any kind of explicitly gay media it's like it's so censored. Censored. Yeah. Like yeah. so censored. Um, but I think it's that's why Disney puts like a single like gay kiss in their movie and they have to like cut it out when they air it in China or whatever, which I take great umbrage with personally. Yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous, but, but you know, out of that censorship comes from like just, or out of the censorship comes like this beautiful type of literature and comics and art where it really explores like the love and relationship between two men that is so like taboo currently. Um, And I think that's the intrigue, the fact that it's like set in, you know, ancient China where it's even more right, like repressed. And so like this idea of like, Two beautiful men in starting off from a friendship, but then like falling in love with each other. That's like the tropiest of tropes when it comes to all Danmei. And so that's why I say Zuka is like the gateway drug into that because these novels, these novels and these comics are, it's like such a slow burn where it's because of the censorship, it's like not explicit. So you have these like longing glances and like, you know, the, the, um, the banter, which you really rely on. And so anyone who starts off with Zuka is like thirsting for more of that. And they're just like the perfect platform to dive into like this whole area of this whole world, this whole world. It's just, it's such a shame to me that it seems like culturally we can't, we can't seem to figure out having both. It's, it has to either be one or the other. And it's like, there is so much damage done by this notion that like the way that men, the only way two men can be close to each other is like through ribbing and like, like picking on each other and like, you know, like, like pulling each other's, pulling each other's legs, like. It, it, it's it's you know i feel like i have drawn a lot of sort of comfort and support from men and women in my life and it's just yeah it's unfortunate that we don't live in a society that is a little more like readily available to be like come over to my house let's let's like watch a movie and get some pizza and like cuddle you can tell me about your what's going on in your life 
Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. It sounds nice. Um, it's my husband is like very, very in tune with bros and like he, he thrives thrives off of his guy friends just as much as I thrive off of my girlfriends and like they'll do like guys night or do the thing where it's like they'll have pizza and like not like full-on cuddle but like um (laughs) not afraid to be like close so it's like you know in our household we're very much like touchy-feely have you know um Mm -hmm. let our friends go hugs are great Yeah. yeah Hey, awesome. hey, 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 men out there listening! I just want you. To, I just want to issue you a challenge. Uh, message a, a guy in your life that you really, really um, respect and look up to, and and tell him you love him. Yeah. Just tell your friends you love them. It's a good idea. I like it. It really is. And you know, and also like throwing our MB friends in there too. Like you know, supporting all like non non traditional, uh, you know, gender binary relationships so we're it's all healthy friendship is the theme of this week's episode it really is Sokka and Zuko are on this airship and we get this adorable little awkward let's make small talk while we wait to to get there scene there's Sokka is just like lounging about and Zuko is like stoking the fire and we get our we get our famous little exchange where he's yeah. like yeah what else do you talk about the weather you know yeah he's right. like pretty clouds <laughs> They're so fluffy. He's like, my girlfriend became the moon. Zuko's like, that's rough, buddy. The the all too famous. That's rough, buddy. It's yeah. iconic. Iconic. Yeah. This exchange. And, and seeing, I feel like I would buy a greeting card that just said, "That's rough, buddy," on it <laughs> with a picture of the moon. When someone's going through a bad time. Is that's rough, buddy? Yeah. Let's break this combo down a little bit because before we even get the that's rough, buddy, it's predicated on. You know, Zuko talking about, like, you know, who we say, like, yeah, like, who's important to us and his uncle and, you know, how it felt like, you know, sad leaving him behind. Uh, And Sokka, you know, is like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. Your uncle is really proud of you. And what you did was like a really hard thing. And like, you know, was there anyone else that you kind of left? And uh, he was like, yeah, I left behind my girlfriend may and he gives his cute little awkward zuko like half smile like his side smirk uh and as much as obviously canon wise i hate on may and their their relationship with zuko i still think you know anything that makes zuko happy and uh it's clear that it was cute i loved his little smirk when he's thinking about her yeah, and Sokka's, um, oh, that gloomy girl that sighs a lot. <laughs> I love yeah, and, I, and I love that Zuko has that moment where he's just like, yeah. Uh, she hates everything. I love it. We all wanted, like, the emo, the emo girl with the long hair <laughs> and the super pale skin. Um, yeah. We stand a goth, GF. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think this is a good point then to like talk about like other 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 ships because yes, obviously Zuka is the main one here, uh, but we the, like there's also I don't know is it uh, Zayme I don't I wouldn't even know what the name for the canon relationship is for Zuko and and May. <laughs> so I don't know someone either. Someone will have to Mako? correct me. Someone. Mako oh, it is Mako. It is, is Mako. Yeah, you know the the name of the ship for like the one that's actually canon. 
<laughs> but what are other um are, are there other shifts or other combinations that you know we also entertain because for me my other one is i'm also here um for uh jet zuko and Sokka. Just like you know, we got a little thruple situation. <laughs> let's just let's just make a make what make a jet sandwich. I like the um, Suki and Sokka Zuko trio. Okay, yeah, I definitely yes. had daydreams <laughs> where it's like you know you could totally see them um, just having a good time with the three of them because knowing their history and if Zuko's like. So just the three of them having a good time. I read this fic where like Zuko is just busy being the Fire Lord. Um, but every now and then he'll just join in on the fun with Sokka and Suki. I'm like, I'm into that. I like that. I'm not right sure on. if you're a big reader at all, Jamie, but uh, one of my favorite books, uh, you know, we're, we can talk about that now because it's almost the end of this year. Holy fuck, where did the time go? Uh, but one of my favorite books that I read this year was Iron Widow. And um, that is probably, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, is a really good example. I don't want to get too spoilery. Um, but for people that are a fan of uh, the Sokka, Suki, and Zuko, uh, you know, triangle, I yeah, think. Yeah, there's a, a good bit of like sort of um like polyamory representation in family as well oh wait okay okay we have to stop because jamie if you have not read iron widow like even if you aren't a big re- reader you need to go and read that book like right now it is it's the- like a giant robot anime that's like more gay and feminist than any other giant robot anime okay i'm writing this down it is a fangirl's dream. Okay. It is a good, like, it's, it's, it can, like, at times it veers, like, because it's a YA novel, at times it veers into, like, guilty pleasure for me, but I still really. That's really why like it's, it. it's like, all the, the fan service in this Ooh. book is yeah. like, oh, it's, it's, it's so in my, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't do, like, even Evangelion, like, big robots all the time. That's Jack Zach's shit, but... Dude, you love me some giant robots. Yeah, when you throw in, like, a, a, a Hunger Games love triangle, um, I'm here for it. We love a good right, love uh, triangle. Okay, all right. Let's, let's truck along with this episode here. Um, so we get to Boiling Rock. Uh, they can't they can't raise the blimp because the the like steam is too hot around them. Which so hot. I mean, come on, you'd think the tension on the way there would also make it difficult for the for the blimp to stay airborne. But I digress. Uh, they cra- they crash into the island and there goes their only way off of the island. Yeah, so it's like a. But Sokka knew immediately why this balloon wasn't working, and it's because the air on the outside was the same temperature as the air on the inside. So, like, the total mechanism for what makes a balloon float is just completely... Sokka is such a science nerd. Well, and it probably came... science nerd. Yeah, it definitely is a good pull. It came from his time with um, the, the mechanist and all of the plans that he did, proper planning for the Day of the Black Sun. So, like, un- I, you know, it's just, it's dark to think about how a 15 year old has advanced knowledge of war machinery and weaponry, but you know, desperate times, desperate measures. So I know. And I just love how, and I know there's like, you know, you guys have talked about it before and a ton of like folks have brought it up. So I'm not the first to bring it up here, but like how under estimated Sokka is, or kind of like you forget how like, 
you know, mm-hmm. brilliant he is and brilliant of a strategist he is um, because he's like the funny, sarcastic meat guy. Right. Um, yeah. But he like he the submarines, the airship slice, like infiltrating boiling rock, um, like all these things. That, like, And he's like the mastermind of the group. And you, you, yeah. you forget that because he's like, the, you know, the, he's a funny guy, but it's just, it's awesome right. when you think about like, holy shit. He's not this. the one surrounded by cool swirling special effects every episode. So yeah. we forget that he's like how important he is, but, how crucial he is. And like, if we're thinking about like, you know, his character, like if we break down his character development and like thinking about me as a D&D person playing him as a character, like, you know, he started out with probably like equal, like his intelligence was a little bit higher than his wisdom, but his wisdom was definitely his dump stat. Um, and over in like, you mean the opposite, right? You mean like the stat he poured all of his points into? Huh? No, like, like, no, like literally like his wisdom was just like, Oh, see, I disagree completely. I think he was, he's a very wise character. He's the only practical one who's ever like, hey, can you like pay us? Like give us some food for See, you know, I, saving your whole fucking village? Street smarts and great. street smarts, things like that. To me, that's intelligence. Like, No, that's wisdom. I mean, we can debate this later, but like intelligence to me is book smarts. It's what right. you learn in books. All right. We're going to post this one to the cabbage patch. Like, Wisdom what? is like, I'm pretty sure this is what, um, this is what Joe Cat said in his video too, is like wisdom is like street smarts. It's like what you pick up through experience. Maybe. Whereas intelligence is like what you, the facts that you read, read in, in read book. in books. Listen, yeah. Yeah. listeners, I just want on the record that like <laughs> Alex's like glare just now when there was that like. <laughs> disagreement between wisdom and intelligence like i like i was scared yeah i'm I'm trembling up here in the yeah this mean 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 mother getting the fuck out of my life partner so do we know where they get these these outfits because it seems like they just suddenly have like like guard outfits oh you know it was just like in the wizard of oz they just totally like wait for some two goons to come around the corner and then like throw them in the broom closet and then like they sure, but steal, like, steal their uniforms. like a week they're there for like a while are these two dudes just tied up somewhere or did they body them or did and, and then like they're in their size too because if you notice like the other <laughs> guards are like this is grown like, ass men this is such a funny trip yes. to me i was I was watching an episode of the like that new kind of kid-oriented Star Trek show recently, Prodigy, and uh, there's a moment in the end of the episode where they realize in order to get back to the ship, they need to actually put on spacesuits and like go into space. And they're all extremely different body types. The one is like this giant rock alien, and all the spacesuits look the same standard issue, like human sized. And then in the next shot, they're all in spacesuits and they all fit fine. I'm just like, how did this happen? Well, that's a, I, like the whole question about their plan. And, you know, there definitely are some holes. So for me, and this may jump, be jumping ahead a little bit, but as Zuko and Sokka are getting around the prison and they're figuring out, you know, trying to just the roles and where they keep the different prisoners, etc. cetera, uh, they find about this place called, uh, I think it's the cooler. The cooler, yeah. Where they put firebenders. It's basically their version of solitary confinement. And t- they look terrifying. They look like, you know, the pods in the Matrix that they just like throw people in and they're just stuck inside. It's too cold for them to firebend. Uh, but we're introduced to the warden. And the warden yeah, is have- this. This uh, this cruel character like meets every single checks every single box 
uh, for cruel, like, prison uh, villain type. Yeah, he's very similar to George Takai's character in the, um, the like, Banished episode or whatever, the one where the Earthbenders oh, are trapped on the barge. Yeah, when, and they're tra- and Katara has to give them their speech to rally yeah, the yeah, troops yeah. and sa- save Haru's dad. Yeah, yeah. Katara goes up and has to like rally the troops, so she's like, "You know, fight for your freedom or whatever." And then in spoilers, in second episode of Boiling Rock, the guy is just like, "Hey, we're riding. It's it's riot time." And everybody's <laughs> like, "All right, let's do it." <laughs> super game. Uh, well, the thing that I have a question about with the warden is. Eventually, like, when Zuko does get caught and, like, there is, like, a little blip in the plans, uh, we've learned that the warden is May's uncle and that he is going to inflict or has special plans in mind for Zuko for what he did for when he broke up with May and, like, decided to join Team Avatar. But I'm like, okay, Zuko, you are, like, the the son of the Fire Lord. You are Prince Zuko, banished or not. Like, one of your jobs is, I just think back to, like, fucking Devil's Wars Prada and like the assistant has to have the entire binder memorized of every single guest uh, at their party uh, so like they know who's gonna be there like so Zuko had to have known like you know about this prison you have to know that your girlfriend's uncle who you've met is the fucking warden like ha- yeah you, like the government is I not that big well. my guy like everybody is like two degrees of separation away from each other yeah I don't know. What do you think, JB? Yeah, no, that was like a... <laughs> there, there were notes I definitely had where I'm like, okay, so you wouldn't have known that. Like, it wouldn't have come up in conversation with May. Um, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't know. If, if I'm dating someone, especially like the Fire Lord, I would maybe talk about my family and I have a a high up warden um, (laughs) in the family. And then, but then the, another thing too, is like, speaking of holes, the warden was like, um, what did he say? Like, Oh, if the guards knew who you were, they would tear you apart or something. And then he like lets them out, like mopping the area with the other prisoners (laughs) to see his face. Like that that was confusing to me. If we just wanted to start a riot, then we just all you do is let Zuko out into the main floor and let everyone else have their way with them. Like, yeah, and I've talked about this before. I feel like the the nature of a children's show where you have to animate the characters kind of clashes a bit with the characters needing to be in disguise and like in fugitive stuff because it feels like for the majority of the time where Aang is not in the Fire Nation but still like kind of on the run, he's just kind of like hanging out with his big arrow, yeah. like, in his orange, like, robes, and you're just like, how would anybody look at Aang and not immediately go, oh, that's a, that's an airbender. Yeah. The, the <laughs> last so, airbender that we have and been so my question for. is, like, you'd think at some point in some village they'd find, a, like, a makeup brush that matches Zuko's so that he, they, you can cover his scars so that he's not, like, immediately recognizable. Um, but no. Yeah. You've got the mask. I here. mean, there's clearly plenty of plot or holes in this plot. And <laughs> one of the reason being is because when they first got to the island, Sokka was like, you know, hey, I am normally the ideas guy. Like, I know all this stuff. I think things through. Like, 
steps XYZ squared, but the last time I've done that, all these things have gone bad. So this time I don't have a plan and we're just going to go as we go, like come as we go. So I don't know. See, I feel this is taking Zach's approach to solving problems and my approaches to solving problems. Yeah, where where I'm like Alex is like, okay, I have every minute of the next three hours planned exactly to a T, and I'm just like, let's just get there and then see what happens. Uh so I don't know. I don't I mean, it works out for them. I mean, spoilers like get away in the end, but Clearly, um, I don't know, how would you have approached this problem, Jamie? Are you more of a type A planner where every step is worked out and you, like, to the point where I get, I know I get, like, when Zach asks me a question and I'm like, how dare you, you did it, and I get offended that he asks it sometimes, he's like, I'm just asking a question, I'm sorry, but I'm like, yeah, but, like, I've already thought of that in my head, like, of course, if, like, I hadn't thought about that, then, like, why are we even doing this? So, I don't know, what's your, how's, how would you have approached uh, this problem? Well, I'm definitely the type A type, like, so, hence, like, my notes, and when you skipped ahead, I was like, oh my god, we're skip- where, we're skipping ahead, <laughs> I don't know where we are, hold on, um, <laughs> Um, but my, my husband's definitely the, the type B where he's like, you know, and it's like you said, like you get to the same place anyway. So I've definitely learned to let go. I think that's a super self-aware thing for Sokka to say again, as a 15 year old, right. To be like, well, what I was doing wasn't working. So let's try this. But then, you know, as I'm thinking about it, like, you are infiltrating, like, I guess, a very heavily right. secured prison. As, a, as someone along for the ride, th- this is not something you want to hear from the leader of your thing. It's like, I'm sure with Sokka, it's a smart thing to be like, you know what? I'm just going to go in blind and, like, figure it out there. And maybe that'll work out for us. But as someone who's tagging along, no, I want there to be a plan. I want someone else to have thought of the plan for me. Yeah, let's, speaking of other holes, so we've talked about, um, you know, like all the failure points. So we talked about Zuko getting captured and uh, that whole bit that was obviously unplanned. Uh, we talked. Yeah, and the, 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 the guard, she's like, guards, I think he's an imposter. I need to call a meeting and. I saw him vent after he killed Blue. It's it. I'd swear it's him. Uh. So yeah, they they clearly like you know they somehow got around that. Uh, the warden that was a wild card that they probably could have seen coming but didn't. Uh, and now we're also at the point where oh um was it does it the cooler? Oh yes, yes, it was the cooler. So or we're we're like starting a riot and getting recognized. But like, let's talk about uh. What's his name? I have his... I have the, um... Oh, the other prisoner? The wild card? Yeah, the wild card! Chit... Uh, is it Chit Song or Chit Sang? I think... Chit Sang. Chit Sang, yeah. Yeah. Chit Sang. So Chit Sang, uh, so this is how we are introduced to the cooler. You know, he's the firebender who got locked up in and we are introduced to the warden. So it's like a lot of artful storytelling. We're getting introduced to characters very well. Um, but... You know, he is like, oh, yeah, I'll I can help you get into the cooler. No problemo, because that's their way out. So it's to unscrew this. It's going to be watertight. It's like a thing that we can just like bust out of there and float across this lake like Mambo Jambo. Like we're follow the current and we're, we're out of there. It's like, you know, this is exactly how when they were like 
the boys were trying to figure out how to escape Alcatraz. They just had a quick meeting in the locker room and they're like, all right, you do this, you do that. Uh, and then we, we were, we're good to go. Bada <laughs> bing, bada boom. Ten, ten minute meeting. We get the, like, uh, Zuka gets all the screws out after he, like, flashes a, like, a wry smile at Sokka, which is, like, another great Zuka moment. But, like, getting the screws out and then, like, getting this entire, like, chamber outside. I just, how did that? We conveniently skipped that part. We just Sokka's immediately like, cut oh, to them outside. Oh, as long as make any noise. And if anybody's ever moved before, you know that moving large things makes noise. Yeah, and they're just, like, rolling that thing down the mountain like the next yeah. beat is like work? i don't get it like what it, okay if top if top was there at least we could be like oh a metal bender took care of it but no i i mean it was just zuko in the cooler with some tools <laughs> some like some tools like, it's, like literally they just he just hands them there like a because like they when he opens it up uh or when Sokka opens it up to check on him he just has like you know his apron full full of all the screws so i mean he he it's if it's too in the, cold in there for uh chitsang to firebend it's obviously probably too cold for zuko so yeah i just gave him like a uh n- wrench and was like here you go buddy good luck figure it out bud <laughs> you t- you you of all people should know that that that's rough so you just gotta gotta deal with it so the long story short of this of this boiler of this um cooler is that uh it doesn't work the guy like pries off a the guy pries off a piece of metal to like row and the, i guess the water is just so hot that it instantly burns his hands well that's where i like with chitsong being or chitsang being the wild card like that is something that i personally uh would have never been okay with like i know he overheard them like talking and they, they he just kind of inserted themselves into the plan but well, now it's blackmail right now he can just rat you out if he doesn't get involved true but like you can blackmail him too it's like what i'm i'm a guard here like they they i i feel like they could have done something to wriggle out of that they've wriggled out of every other problem that has been presented to them thus far i would have been like no like that is an extra variable that i cannot have control over like i trust zuko like it's just us two like we got this like we are not here to like save other people sorry my guy and then he just shows up with two buds he's like oh yeah my guy and my gal they're coming with us this here's my girl and my best buddy they're coming too say what like i know and when you said they that, have though, all I was fit like, my god <laughs> this is my girl and my best buddy and i had written down you know zuko or Sokka. no Sokka, thinking like me too <laughs> <laughs> this, is my, this is my girl and my buddy too. Yeah. But, so no, Chisang was there for this line, which I didn't catch. And I've seen this episode, you know, so many times, you know, Zuko's giving the pep talk where he's like, you're going to fail a lot, even though you're going to fail a lot. You have to try every time. And then Chisang goes, okay, if you guys are done cuddling, let's go. <laughs> I was like, wow. yes. Yes. yes zuko's like, like no we're not done cuddling come here um i mean hey i guess that's the one downside like we didn't get to see all of them scrunched into this boat together because even if it had like if the cooler had continued to float they would have had to get all nice and cut and snuggly uh because that was not big enough for six people <laughs> the craziest thing about this plot thread here is like they're like kind of in the clear they're almost there 
They just need to wait a little bit, a little while longer. They've got a pretty good like cover of steam that people aren't really seeming to notice. And Chick saying, when he gets burned, buddy, I don't care how bad you get burned. Keep that shit under under wraps. He like like projects like belts. His his cry, and it's just like, my guy, come on. You're like what? you're a big dude. You're like a big boy. Just suck it bite up. Bite your bite your finger and cut and bleed it and deal with it. So he's clearly not even like enough. Like his strength is poor. Like. He can't. He his his intelligence isn't high enough to like realize that he's gonna get botched this plan if he can't keep his shit together. So what is he even in for? Like that's a failed constitution save. Like that's the a really bad failed constitution save right there. Very much so. <laughs> it's just like what you rolled a you rolled a one. Oh, you like cry out and alert the guards to your brother. <laughs> what kind of criminal even is he? Like. You know, he uh, just spies on a bunch of kids. Like, the fight that he tries to start in, or the riot, like, when he gets Zuko, plays along, gets him put in the cooler. Like, all of these things. I'm just like, I don't know. He puts on he puts on bootleg Fire Island, uh, Ember Island players, uh, plays in the back alley somewhere. He's just like, he sells tickets to, like, bootleg. So that's, that's, he, that's that was his crimes. prison. He was a scalper, and that's what he got right. thrown into high exactly. security prison for. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, no wonder why he's so lame. Yeah, he's he's a he's a weakling. It's like when it's like when you're trying to plan a heist with a bunch of, like, ex-cons, and you're like, yeah, we got a bunch of ex-cons. What were you in for? And some, some other one of the guys is like, tax evasion. Oh. <laughs> you're not useful to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, we end the episode with, in not great straits, you know, we we think we've hit rock bottom, and oh, it just gets even lower from there. Boiling rock bottom. Boiling rock bottom! Oh, but I'm... I think we got an episode title, folks. <laughs> yeah, this is worse than the actual rock bottom in, with SpongeBob, and the bus is running late. There is one really creepy stoplight and no one speaks, like, everyone speaks with a really weird accent. Like, it is just not a fun place to be. And Sokka, I don't think your dad is here. Uh, clearly. So we end the episode and uh, Chitsang blows, like, their original cover as all of this stuff is happening they see another shipment of the prisoners coming in, and we see um, Hakoda, their, his dad, just step off as, like, the last little bit. So oh. the gamble play, paid off. Like, they found Suki, uh-huh. um, in it, they've all decided to stay, which is where, until next time, uh, we'll just have to see whether or not they can successfully get off, like, the island now that they're one way they, they said it was their one way out but i you know they said that too when they found when they got there and before they knew about the existence of the cooler so i have faith that the, the oh why didn't you say so next gondola leaves in five seconds <laughs> they missed the gondola um alrighty so that's where we will end uh the episode for today uh, so before we hand out some experience points, uh, final thoughts, Jamie, were there any notes that you didn't get to that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of 
conversation out in the ether about, you know, was this the the point where Sokka and Zuka realized their feelings for each other? And my personal opinion is uh, maybe not, but it does lay the foundation. Um, I don't think they did make out on the war balloon, but I think no. it was kind of planting the seed um, for them to eventually plant their seed in each other. But if you write, ah! if you write, if you read the right fan fiction, they do all sorts of stuff on that air balloon, yeah. on that uh, warship. I'm sure. I have, um, but it's you know, it's it's iconic. It's it's what the Zuka stands um, hold on to in terms of like, yes, there is chemistry between them. Yes, maybe it's a little more than just bros being bros. Like I love that. There's that scene where. Zuko's standing guard while Sokka's in there rescuing Suki and I have down like you know just guarding my boyfriend while he's making out with his girlfriend (laughs) in the prison (laughs) but no Zuko's being a good wingman here exactly Yeah, and I follow following on top of that. I think that you know, so many people would be like, "Oh, well, like the jet and or like Suki and Sokka, like Zuko is obviously a threat to that, and like, oh, jealousy." And I'm like, "There ain't gonna be jealousy. Like Zuko is super supportive of Sokka yeah. and his relationship with Suki, and so is Sokka and Zuko's relationship with May. Like, there's no jealousy here, y'all. Like." Mm-mm. Everyone stand can go or everyone ship can coexist. And if they all get down once in a while, that's fine. Yeah. It's no deal. All aboard the companion ship. Friendship. <laughs> let's uh let's not put labels on stuff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Alright. So now that we have uh watched and digested this episode, let's uh roll some dice and, and write up some character sheets and hand out some experience points. What what? what this means i won't get to finish my game shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle i want dungeons and dragons and it was advanced evil or maybe chaotic neutral the demogorgon <laughs> we're deep shit you've been shot by an arrow ow well there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment all right all right so we will hand out a, each a crit failure and a crit success of the episode um i will um I think I've got both of mine. Go for it. So my crit fail, I'll start with, I guess I'll do it in chronological order here. My crit fail is Zuko uh, botching the joke at the beginning of the episode. I just, I can't help but give him that. It's a a very poor diplomacy check, but it also, like, sometimes you can fail upwards. And I feel like even though it was a failure, it probably still endeared him to the group a little bit. Uh, Do you want to just roll in with my, my other one too? Yeah, keep going with it. My crit success is Sokka choosing to arrest Zuko when Zuko gets found out. I thought that was a really quick, reflexive thing yep. to do that probably saved his like his identity. That performance check was a yep. nat 20 faux show. Bluff check for sure. Yeah. Um, my, um, my crit failure is going to go, unfortunately, to my man Zuko. Um, as much as I love uh, his performance, he was super supportive this episode and was all about, you know, keeping Sokka safe and supporting him. Um, the fact that, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, there's this prison, the Boiling Rock. Let's go there. He was like, he had the forethought to be like, oh, we're not showing up on a bison. We're taking my air balloon. Like, get in, like, loser. We're going to, like, bust out of prison. Um <laughs> 
And, like, showing up in style, like, love that. Like, he knew exactly. But he didn't have the forethought to take that plan one step further and be like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's uncle, you know, that I've probably met several points throughout my life. Because uh, he, he, they grew up together. He knows May from childhood. He had to have at least known her uncle was the fucking warden of the prison. <laughs> he had to oh, know so that. Oh, that, that botched knowledge check? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, but he was too busy, like, he's too distracted, like, yep. the it wasn't the the air above the boiling rock that was the only thing that was steamy. I'm, I'm gonna attribute it to Zuko's mind being in the gutter that he didn't. That's why he botched that role. But yeah, that's my, um, my crit failure, and then my crit success, I'm going to say, goes to... Honestly, I'm not sure I have two... I'm just going to give out two crit failures this episode, if that's okay. okay. My other crit failure, and I feel like this was just, like, a total afterthought. Because, like, yeah, I, I get it. You're, you're a little wounded, Sokka. Your plan for the uh, invasion did not go over well. Your dad's been captured. Like, thinking about family first. Absolutely. Important priorities. But my guy, like... You had no other thoughts. I feel like Suki was just like, oh, yeah, she was captured from Bossing Say. We know that, like, Azula captured the Kyoshi warriors. So, like, any thought beyond to, like, oh, yeah, Bossing, my dad was, uh, like, immediately captured and made a prison of war. Whatever happened to Suki? <laughs> so, like, yeah, maybe I should check in on you, that girl like, I claim to love. I feel really like she just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like him mourning, like, oh, Suki, like, where are Suki's you? Like, Suki's like, Sokka, I'm so touched that you came here to rescue specifically me. And, and Sokka's like, yeah, totally. Oh. That's totally how it went down. Yeah, how convenient that my, I knew that you would be in the same prison that my dad was. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing. So poor Suki, as an afterthought, I just, I know I felt like that was a little, uh. Any. Questioning, thoughts, Jamie. You 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 can only you, you can just hand out one or the other. Oh no, I was gonna have two successes Go to you know bookend balance Alex's. mine out. I love that. Speaking of Suki, so I think is uh, is it crit crit success? Yep, was, crit success. Um, yeah. Her with an unrecognizable guard coming in for a kiss when yeah. so- like you know Sokka just assumes that she'll be okay with that i thought i thought of that too i was like Sokka, my man yeah you and got- she just come on. you know like knocks him on his ass like you good, gotta good like you. let her know you <laughs> no wonder you got punched my guy. exactly but good Consent for her for, sexy. Like, yeah. you know um good but then her. the second uh crit success is the note that uh, Zuko and Sokka left for the gang oh, to let them know yeah. that they needed meat. <laughs> they needed meat gone fishing. Yep. And the gang was like, okay, okay. All right. You know, they're, 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 they're going to go get us food. They'll, they'll be back in a couple they're, of days. They're providers. That's all good. I'm reminded of the scene in Rick and That's Morty really where good. Beth, like Beth goes to get ice cream with her clone and they like do the nasty while they're out. And then they come back and they forgot the ice cream. Like Z- Zuko and Sokka are going to come back home and uh, they're going to be like, Hey, where's all the fish? Yeah. What were you guys doing for three days? We don't, there's no fish. I thought you just went. And they're just like, Oh, uh they don't want to like tell them the truth so they're just like uh we were uh we were 
Make, making out. Okay, that, that scans, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird here. Very good. Very good choices all all around. Yeah, I loved, like, that they showed up. We completely about the, forgot about that note bit, like, because, hey, we also forgot about, like, the B. There was no B-plot this episode. It was just uh-huh. all 100% Sokka yeah. and Zuko 100% of the time. Jamie, where can people find you? People can find me at, on Twitter, at Jamie Sketches. And then on Instagram, at Jamie Draws. And then you've got two little underscores underneath that. And those will both be linked in the description of this episode. Yes. Please, if you have not already, please go check out uh, Jamie's stuff. It is amazing. And like... Terrific artist. And for people like me, like, you know, always looking for recommendations, uh, you've never steered me wrong. Like, Lore Olympus, I now have, like, all the hard copies and, like, am frantically checking my phone every Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, where can, if people want to get into Dan May, like, if they want to get more into that scene, like, where do they start? Like, Baby 101. Like, what is, like... We like there's Zuka, like Quench has been thirst. What's next? Um, DM me, first of all. I will have recommendations for <laughs> you, but like two things. Um, uh, Heaven Officials Blessing, uh, Tianguan Sifu is on Netflix. You should check it out. Lots of beautiful men in ancient Chinese robes flying around. Um, Ooh, and the then, style looks really nice too. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then Modazushir, uh, which is, um, my current obsession. Um, there's a novel version, a comic, an anime, um, and uh, live action. So wow. go check it out. This like yeah, if yeah. if you're new oh, to wow. the like you know ancient Chinese gaze, um, you know, <laughs> uh, going around and if you're into Zuka and want more, it's a great way to just dive off into the deep end and and. Have fun with that. Perfect. The water is plenty warm. Let's yeah, dive in it's and spoiling. gang, gang. I just, I just grabbed all of the most attractive guards and I took their clothes and I stitched them all together to make a balloon so we can get out of this <gasps> awful, like boiling, like prison. It's all so hot and steamy. We're all so overheated, and uh, it's time for us to, it's time for us to ascend and and get out of here. So with that, uh, I'm Zach. I'm Alex, and this and this is. My an avatar podcast goodbye everybody goodbye Bye. Bye. i'm sticking around with the naked guards bye <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time jamie bye. <laughs> Daddy, bye hey patch it's your boy zacko just coming at you to let you know that as always you can find us on twitter at cabbage cast on instagram at my cabbage cast and you can email us at my cabbage cast at gmail.com if you want to so Hit us up. We're also on Patreon. You can support our Patreon if you want. If you don't, don't worry about it. No worries. Links to all those things are in the show notes. And that's it for the show, folks. See y'all next time.
I'm Dante Bosco, and you're listening to My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast. Dave X Media.